don't remember what the columns are about. Good day and welcome to the story behind the stories for the week of May 31st. We're already at the end of May. Mm, wow. I don't know how oh. that happened. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Finally either. feels like summer though. Yeah, exactly. That does. I'm Ken Waddell, publisher of the Nipah Banner and Press and MyWestman.ca and today I have with me our managing editor Kate Jackman Atkinson and one of our star reporters Kira Patterson. And we're going to talk about the stories behind the stories in our jam-packed there's a lot of stories cool. in there. There's a lot of stories lot of in stories. there. I feel like every week we say this paper, there's a ton of stuff in it. So yeah. um, I guess that's it's good. In order to have a newspaper, you better have news, right? <laughs> Got to have some news. Anyway. Okay, front page. Yeah. This is what you call spot news. This like is you exactly just what you call upon it, right? Yeah. So I was uh, driving around at lunchtime. And I don't know if you can see, it's a picture of Jody Jury uh, with her dog Dixie actually jumping off her shoulder, catching a Frisbee. Uh, and I was just driving by and I saw them out in the former CN property. The two of them um, compete in some trials. They do like Frisbee events and um, some other, you know, dog competitions. And so they were kind of out there training and, you know, just having some fun at lunchtime. And I drove by and I thought, hey, that'd make a great picture. And I pulled over and asked if I could snap some shots. And I took, uh, I don't know, I took maybe, maybe 25 shots just with my cell phone because that was all I had. And we ended up with this one, which is, I have to say, is probably one of the coolest pictures I've taken in a long time. So. Yeah, it is really cool. So that was kind of fun. Yeah, in the newspaper business, uh, especially when it comes to the awards categories, there's an award for spot news mm -hmm. photo. I think this one's going to get entered. Yeah, I think it will yeah. too. It looks pretty sharp. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. It's amazing shot, amazing action. The mm -hmm. dog has got lots of height there. Yeah. Like old man. Yeah, no, this is definitely, this, was, this one was fun to take and I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. Well, we have, as usual, this week we have our columns and uh, Kate, you did one on, it says, I'm not for quotation. Yeah, so I... Uh, don't we love that? I know. Don't quote me <laughs> no, now. Don't. So I've got lots I, to say, but don't yeah. quote me now. So maybe my turn to rag on the government a little bit, yeah. taking, taking over from you. Yeah, so, good. Um, so what a lot of people maybe don't know is that when stories appear in our paper um, and you see an unnamed source, an unnamed source said, um, that's often a government spokesperson uh, because they will tell you that, that exactly the headline of the story. Here's some information, but I am not for quotation or attribution. Um, and I think that in an era when people are increasingly worried about uh, where their news comes from, who it's coming from, uh, to not be able to include names with our quotes, and we can't, they, they specifically tell us, we will give you this information, but I can't be named as the source of it. Um, I, I don't know, I think that does a real disservice to our readers. And in most cases, I mean, we're not, we're looking for like, tell me about this program, what will it mean? Like, this is not controversial. Hot, exactly, <laughs> this is not like hot, we're, this is not like Watergate stuff. This mm -hmm. is like, tell me why we're paying more school tax. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it does a real disservice to our readers. And I think that, uh, I think that we should push back on it. Well, I agree hundred percent. And uh, it bothers me to no end because of, we try not to use those mm -hmm. kind of quotations, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, but every day, every day, whether mm -hmm. it's on television, radio, mm -hmm. or uh, mm -hmm. uh, in the print media, you'll see, uh, according to a source who was not authorized to speak mm -hmm. on the topic, <laughs> well, these ones are authorized but, yeah, to speak. Yeah, but that's different, yeah. But they're, they're, it's, yeah. it's not a lot yeah. different, like, no. come on. And I think that we 
could save a lot of money in government right now. You just take all the communications mm -hmm. people and tell mm -hmm. them, you know, we'd like you to go find a real job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, they don't need them. They no. really don't need them. And it's a layer of bureaucracy. It's a layer of insulation yeah. to keep us away from the information yeah. that we deserve to know yeah. as taxpayers. Yeah. And, and if a cabinet minister can't answer the questions, yeah. or the deputy minister can't yeah. answer the questions about their department, mm -hmm. get a new deputy minister. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pretty and, simple. And I mean, we, so if we want to know information about a government program, and I will say the agriculture department seems to be the best um, for actually being able to put you in touch with a real person within the department to answer your questions. Um, but within most other departments, um, like a few weeks ago, I did a story about changes to uh, the school tax credit. And so I submitted my questions to media relations and then I get answers back from media relations. I mean, presumably those answers came from someone within a department. I don't know who. Um, I mean, they, and, and that, that hurts us because we don't know the person actually giving the answers providing media relations with the answers like who is this person are they high up are they mm -hmm. low down what what's their background mm -hmm. um, how much do they really exactly. know exactly right? yeah so I don't know I think we need to push back on this I think so I have my backing on that one that's for sure <laughs> what did you talk about this week Ken well you went lighthearted this week I did kind of a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah I was uh, impressed with a, a song that I heard Sunday night sung by a couple of uh, local young people and um, it, it puts an age-old question, at least an age-old question to me anyway, in, in a fresher, newer context of, you know, we can do all we can do and you do what's asked of you and you do what you want to do and everything, but uh, let's face it, in, in my view of the world, my faith view, God is in control. So uh, maybe we should uh, think about listening to what he has to say once in a while. And uh, so I did just a, a little bit of a, maybe a little lighthearted way of looking at a fairly serious and, and centuries old discussion for that matter. I mean, people have been uh, wondering, what do we do? What do we do? The thing is that it's interesting when people are surprised, when people are excited, when they find out that their grandmother's covered vegetable dish is worth $4,000 on Antique Roadshow, what do they say? Oh my God. Mm. That is the most common expression there is. And just a trivia for it, mm -hmm. did you realize that gosh is a substitute for oh my god? Mm -hmm. Do you know what G-O-S-H means? Mm -hmm. God's sake, for God's sakes in heaven, it's a short mm -hmm. oh, Interesting, that I did not know. Yeah, yeah a long know. time mm -hmm. ago that was. Mm -hmm. Anyway, enough on mm -hmm. language and mm -hmm. word, wordology or whatever, there you go. The, um, what is the actual uh, D-Day anniversary? June 6th. Yeah. yeah. June 6th. Yeah. Coming up. And you did some stories on that. You dug through the archives and Yeah, well, I was given a little bit of help from Robert Ferguson, who's been involved in our local legion, and he, um, he gave me the names of some Nipua area uh, men who took part in the D-Day landings June 6, 1944, and we've got the 75th anniversary of that coming up. Um, so there were six of them who passed either in the landings or in the campaign that immediately followed um, and one who was injured but he returned home uh, so we have just a little bit about uh, you know their names where they were from their ages um, and the circumstances you know w it, how, how they you know at what portion of the campaign um, they passed 
Um, so that was sort of interesting to dig through and see those local connections. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever well, I, I read these stories, as you know, I, I always have a little bit of a twig in my uh, pull on my heartstrings there because um, my father was in the Royal Winnipeg Rifles, mm -hmm. which is several of those men. Mm -hmm. I believe four of them were. Um, and the man who was in charge of the group um, when these men were captured and executed, and he was executed, was a man by the name of Lieutenant Hodge. Mm -hmm. And Hodge, uh, my father knew him. Mm -hmm. I don't know was he trained under him or was mm -hmm. ever part of his crew. Mm -hmm. But he did, my dad did go as far as Nova Scotia on the trains with these men. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if he knew these ones mm -hmm. personally or not, I have no mm -hmm. idea. And uh, was sent home because of illness. Mm -hmm. And had he gone over with them? Mm -hmm. Who knows, mm -hmm. you know, never figure that one out. But yeah. He may have been caught up in that whole thing as mm -hmm. well. So I know that, that it stayed with him. It mm -hmm. stayed affected my father for life because he knew he wasn't there. And I think because he was so much older than these mm -hmm. fellows, he was about 10, 12 years mm -hmm. older than these young men. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he always felt that as an older person with mm -hmm. more experience, maybe he could have made a difference mm -hmm. or wished he'd been there to make mm -hmm. a difference. Mm -hmm. It affected him for mm -hmm. his lifetime. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so there were, Ken's talking about an incident, there were three uh, three young men from the area and they were captured uh, and they were interrogated and then they were executed on uh, June 8th, so two days That's after the one. D-Day plus two, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, as a, a couple interesting things, um, the one gentleman who did return, who was injured but came back uh, is Ralph or Kelly Kilburn and he, uh, he was hit in the head with some shrapnel and it damaged his helmet but um, Mr. Ferguson was telling me that uh, that he had a, a camera flash under his helmet and that kind of deflected it and Kira took a fantastic photo of the helmet at the museum so at the beautiful Plains Museum you can see that helmet. Mm -hmm. um, additionally we'll do a little bit of a public service announcement here. Um, the area commemoration of D-Day will be taking place in Gladstone and they are going to march from their Legion to the Cenotaph on June 6th starting at 11. So uh, I know that's going to be a partnership I believe between Gladstone Plumas, Nipua, and I think one other legion, which I have forgotten. What day is that again, sir? D-Day. June right 6th, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. yeah. At 11, they start their march. Cool. Well, uh, keeping in, uh, in uh, connection with the military and uh, a modern-day deal, the Nipua mm -hmm. Air Cadets are going to have their ceremonial review, and it's going to take place it's on... It's already happened. Oh, sorry. <laughs> not future. It did take place on the yeah. 24th. I apologize. You got me down to cover that story, but I didn't cover it. Owen did. <laughs> yeah. And Owen's away on personal business today, so he isn't going to cover. We have a nice picture and a good write-up on the cadets. Uh, one of the older cadet mm -hmm. groups in Canada, actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's uh, always good to see that they're continuing on. So what was interesting was that this year they did their review actually at the airport, which of course has a very strong World War II connection, having been uh, a training base. Uh, at the Brandon Airport? No, Nipah. Nipah Airport. Yeah, they did okay. it at Nipah Airport. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, so that made it for some more interesting pictures compared to doing it at the Legion or yeah. the uh, Yellowhead. Yeah, that's, sure. oh, that's, that's good. I didn't realize that. Obviously, I didn't read the story. <laughs> I have an excuse for sure. not reading the paper yesterday. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
we celebrated my wife's birthday at the end of the day there. So mm, yeah. I was so busy getting all the preparations done. Uh -huh. you know, yeah, I, you were, I yeah. worked really hard on you the decoration. And blowing up the balloons. Well, we tried to get you because of all that hot air. We thought yeah. you should have been blowing up those balloons. Those balloons probably could have floated away into space with all the hot air. But you know. It's <laughs> now obvious to our viewers that uh, <laughs> respect for the boss does not always rank high in our <laughs> office. Uh, well, it's been good working with you. Yeah. <laughs> Next week, Story Behind the Stories featuring Ken Waddell. Yeah, there That's you go. it. Kira, your turn. It's your oh turn. No. HMK music. Talk. Okay, yeah, this is a cool story. Um, the uh, So I got wind of it when Miss Tester, or actually Mrs. Weisberger, Gerber now, um, she was my HMK music teacher, so I know her as Miss Tester before <laughs> she was married. Anyway, um, she had called to tell me about the grade five operetta that was happening. Um, and then she said, oh, and by the way, we've got this $12,000 music grant. Maybe that would be a good story. I was <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, I think so. So so I went down there and she told me all about it. It's um, through Music Counts, which is a, uh, a Canadian charity that um, gives grants out to different schools and community groups and stuff to keep music um, programs alive. So I remember when I was in um, in elementary school, we always played the xylophones and the glockenspiels and all of those bar instruments, and it was so much fun. <laughs> that was always my favorite part. Um, so with this grant, she was able to get some more of those, but she was also able to get some more African drums, and she was able to buy a set of ukuleles. So the grade fives have started learning ukulele, and the grade threes and fours will soon start learning ukulele. And it's really cool because we've never um, had string instruments at the school before. So it was something totally different. And uh, when I was in grade five, we learned recorder. Mm -hmm. And she said, <laughs> she said, um, when we got the ukuleles, they just sound so nice, even if you're playing it wrong. It's just so calm. And when people were on the recorder, it's like this little fake clarinet plastic thing. Sounds She's like, it's just so squeaky. Even if they're doing it right, it's hard to listen to. So, so I think we'll take a break from recorders for now and start going into the ukulele a little bit more. So that's a really cool thing, too. I think it would be a little more fun to learn the ukulele, I, I actually. I think it would, too. Uh, I, I also learned to play the recorder, and it was not a great experience. <laughs> I was one of the best, just nice. saying. But same, it still wasn't same. great. No. <laughs> but it was still the recorder. Yeah, That's exactly. Interesting. Well, that's cool. Mm. Yeah, that's it was cool. pretty neat. So you've got another story jumping to an entirely different topic there. That uh, We have a picture in the paper <laughs> of Jenna Heschuk, and um, she pretty much jumps off the page yeah. here, right? Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about your... Uh, that. Well, you didn't write no, that, story, actually wrote yeah. that story. Yeah, Sandra actually that story, but yeah, um, I kind of know Jenna from school as well, and uh, Cassandra told me a little bit about it, and reading the story, you can get <laughs> some information from it too. So she actually, Jenna Heschuk, um is from Nipawa. She went to high school here. She's, I think, going to university in Winnipeg, but she's back for the summer to work at the museum. But anyway, she, uh, she's been doing bodybuilding exercises for about four years, and this year was the first time she actually competed in a competition, mm -hmm. and she actually placed second in the novice class, and then um, first in her height class. So that was pretty cool to see, um, even like it's her first competition, yeah. but she, she's already doing really well. And yeah, there's a picture. You can see how, how actually muscular she <laughs> yeah. is, which is kind of cool because she was always so tiny in school. Yeah. I remember that. And I couldn't imagine, oh, wow, bodybuilding. Wow. I, that's not something I would have pictured her with. But yeah, because I remember her as kind of a, yeah, a little person. Yeah, yeah that whole family is just, yeah, just they're, they're thin. And, yeah. But yeah, 
the training regimen was oh, kind of yeah. crazy too. Yeah, she, she was January she started. January, so yeah. it was twenty weeks that she was training for, and she was on this diet where she like she basically said I couldn't eat anything that I actually wanted to eat. It all had to be on this diet. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it would par probably be kind of grueling. I don't think I would have the yeah. the discipline to do that. So oh. get on her. That's pretty yeah. cool. Well, she's obviously you know been you know accomplished uh, great mm. things there in terms oh, yeah. of this. Uh, uh, you won't call it a, a sport, I guess, really? Mm -hmm. is, is it a sport? I think so. I don't know. Yeah. Owen calls it a sport, and he's okay. the sports guy. So yeah. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. And then, yeah, she's, uh, it's very attractive pictures. You look yeah. very striking looking. Um, sports, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. like Ken, I, you're up for sports this week. Well, I don't know. I <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I can handle this. Like We've got a super cool sh photo in the yes, paper. Yeah. Yeah, Morgan Geeky, who uh, from the Strathclaire area, is... Uh, Featured there. I gotta put my glasses on. These little mini version they give me to work with here. You didn't it? even get the real mini version yeah, we gave Kira. No, thing. you got the really mini one anyway. <laughs> but uh, Morgan Geeky uh, scored a winning goal in uh, the Calder Cup final for the Charlotte Checkers in the AHL. And the Geeky family are a multi sport family. Uh, lots of hockey players. There's one of them, they're all good at baseball. One of them's playing, concentrating on baseball. And so we thought we would like to uh, bring you that story because uh, certainly the Geeky family, are they're outside. They live outside of our coverage mm -hmm. area, but Strathclaire is just kind of on mm -hmm. the west edge, so to speak. Well, and, and he um, played with the Yellowhead Chiefs, yes, which he did. within our coverage area. And didn't he play a, a little bit Cup, with the Nevis? A couple of games with the Nevis yeah. Nevis, too, yeah. So, uh, and uh, actually, I believe it was... And it's a great photo, oh, so... Oh, a fantastic mm -hmm. photo. Younger brother uh, was at our camp this mm -hmm. year. And um, I don't think it's uh, sure it's brother, and uh, they um, uh, he did very very well at our camp, uh, but he's done so well in his career that he's been drafted into the next league higher at WHL. So we won't get to see the little brother play here, I don't think. But anyway, mm -hmm. we have um, Noah Carson, uh, a U.S. Uh, player who was with uh, actually with the Nipponatus for. I think over, I think it was 174 games, more games than any other American player has played in the history of the Nipponatus, and he's committed to university, and you can read all about that there. Mm -hmm. Everybody on Facebook, and I'm sure personally, is offering Noah all the best and uh, wishing him there. We've got his picture right here, Wisconsin Stout University, and uh, so we wish him well there. A fine young man. Played his heart out for the Nipponatus and was well known in the community, and uh, so we wish him well with that. Mm -hmm. So, we've also got coverage on track and field. Uh, with the more next week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, more next week. We got lots and lots of results on mm -hmm. track and field, and then we've also got the uh, MGHL draft is coming up, and uh, so there's lots of news in that regard here. So. Uh, we're going to uh, switch now entirely out of the sports scene and go <laughs> to the... We med made it. You made it through. You made it through. Just barely. Uh -huh. Just a secret. These girls don't know. There's going to be at least some compulsory attendance at Nipah huh? Juanita's hockey games this winter. They don't know that yet. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think I might be sick those days. <laughs> <laughs> I've got plans. <laughs> Family emergency. Yeah. I already know it's happening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's not an emergency if you already know about it. You ladies, I don't know. The number of things that I put up with in the newspaper business that I don't necessarily like is a long list, okay? So you just have to expand your interests a little bit here. 
Tell us about the early bird lotto. Yeah, so this year's early bird lotto winner, uh, local name, Debbie and uh, Larry Fisher. And what is really cool about the Fishers, they're from Plumas, and they have been supporting the Farm and Leisure Lotto since way back when it first was supporting the construction of Country Meadows. Um, finally got a win, uh, $10,000 in the early bird lottery, and uh, they said they were pretty excited when they got that call from Mary Ellen. Um, as soon as she called, they, they knew what it was about because it was, I think, about less than 15 minutes after the draw was supposed to take place. <laughs> so I don't know. I would have liked that phone call, but it <laughs> sounds like these are very deserving winners as well. So uh, Well, if you still want to get in on that draw, yeah. the tickets are for sale this weekend. I think the last day is the It's got to be first. coming up because the, the draw is June 2nd. Yeah, well, I think there'll be 7 o'clock on June 1st, June yeah. 1st, Friday, the Saturday night. Saturday night. Saturday night. So if you see the show before June 1st, mm -hmm. you can still phone in and get a ticket and there's tickets available in various places around town. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing about the medical clinic uh, lottery, formerly the mm -hmm. care home lottery, is that um, it has been the major fundraiser and pretty much the only fundraiser to support the uh, renovation, the expansion, and then the second expansion mm -hmm. of the Beautiful Plains Medical Clinic now has room for they have eight doctors mm -hmm. now have room for 10 doctors and that is absolutely key to mm -hmm. the development and the economic welfare mm -hmm. let's face it of the community because when people are choosing a community to move to or to retire to mm -hmm. or whatever uh, set up a business in one of the first questions they ask is what is the availability mm -hmm. of doctors mm -hmm what is the level of service at the hospital mm -hmm. and what kind of schools do you have mm -hmm. in your community and then recreation facilities mm -hmm. and other things mm -hmm. like that uh, but it's been a, it's a huge part I can't emphasize it enough mm -hmm. for the value of it to Nipawa and to uh, any community that's looking to expand or grow their their economic uh, reach mm -hmm. yeah. doctors are one of the major key healthcare. I gotta say I felt like an old-timer on this story because Owen actually wrote it and he was asking me, he didn't, I don't, he didn't really know that the lottery first supported the care home, so he was asking me about it, so. <laughs> felt like you, time. everyone coming, being like, what's the history on this thing, so. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Back in my day. Yes. Well, how many times, uh, this is a bit of a rabbit trail here, but how many times in the week do we pull out the, one of the history books, one of the community mm -hmm. history books or the archives? Yeah, they, you know, yeah. quite regularly. It, it's, it's all there. And that's the, the beauty of the printed word, mm -hmm. whether it's in book or mm -hmm. newspaper, it's there, it doesn't change, can't mess with it, it's written. On so that note, um, it's not in our story topics, but uh, I suggest that everyone take a look at our Looking Back feature that mm -hmm. Cassandra mm -hmm. does because it's always got some very interesting tidbits mm -hmm. from the past. Yeah. yeah, it may not be specific information about things, but uh, she certainly digs up some very interesting things. So did you, uh, well, there's the... Uh, the health unit yeah. opened in 69, mm -hmm. which yeah. is still functioning. Eh? Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. How many years ago was that? 50? Yeah. 50 years ago, and uh, the building is still there and still, still serving. Exactly the same. It does still looks exactly <laughs> the same. Eh? Still looks exactly yeah. the same, yeah. yeah. So, was there something this week that really caught your eye and looking well, back? I got to say, it was the, um, the, the, was it 17 Winnipeg establishments that got their drinking licenses oh, yeah. suspended for serving beer to women on the occasion of the Queen's visit? Yeah. <laughs> That was an interesting one. Yeah, <laughs> that one stood out to me this week. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. interesting. The, you know, when I was growing up, the hotel had a beer parlor. Yeah. 
and it wasn't women were not allowed in there. Now the odd one went in to find their husband mm -hmm. and tell them the time to go home. Yeah. <laughs> but they weren't supposed to be there. Anyway. Okay, Chamber Fair Pictures. Kira, you went nuts on the weekend with oh, pictures yes. and saw everything. Tell us about the fair weekend. Yeah, so I was on the clock Saturday and I <laughs> planned out my day. I looked at the, the schedule of stuff and kind of was like, okay, I can be there at this time. This opens at this time. This goes here. So I was all over the place. There was so much going on on Saturday for the Chamber Fair, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, I got out to the parade. Enns Brothers had a little day of play. So they had lots of little kids activities there. Boston Pizza had their go-karts, mm. which I wish I could fit in, but I'm a little bit too tall <laughs> now, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> there was a quilting show, which was really cool. Um, there was lots of really neat stuff there. And then uh, obviously the Midway and car show, henna tattoos, um, Cats TNR had their big mega sale kind of in conjunction with the townwide yard sale and, uh, and the bird sanctuary did a little tour. So I got some cool little photos of birds. Yeah. Not all of the photos got in the paper. So uh, unfortunately I'll just have to look at them myself. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a, there's a few photos of highlights in the yeah. paper. And yeah, I was kept busy all day that day zipping about. I'm glad we were able to you know, put together basically a full page of pictures. Mm -hmm. so yeah, over good. over two half pages. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of neat. Well, kinda something nice we could do, and yeah. we've talked about it before. I guess we could do an album on Facebook yeah, we could too. Do. Eh? That's true. Yeah, yeah. there could. are lots of good pictures. We should do that. We mm -hmm. can put them on we, our website. Yeah, because yeah. uh, we obviously want everybody to look at our newspaper first. Yes. But uh, the website uh, and our Facebook site are also a good. Yeah. Good place yeah. to, because not we just don't simply have room to print all yeah, the pictures exactly. in the paper there. But yeah. you did a great job on that. I appreciate mm -hmm. that so much. Uh, well, we're getting close to the end of our time here, but we have a little bit of time left. So on, the, on our back page, we have some uh, developments that you can read about in the different um, uh, places in Clear Lake that yeah. have changed hands. Different businesses uh, expanding, opening up, changing there. Lots of uh, things going on there, and um, Clear Lake. Uh, the Beaver Tales mm -hmm. is one that's mentioned, and there's some other places yeah. there. A kind of a neat uh, made in Manitoba gift shop, which is mm -hmm. always kind of interesting. Yeah, for sure. So there's lots of good things to see in the whole area, whether it's uh, anywhere from our, our coverage area goes from uh, east of Gladstone, Woodside, Westburn area, to the west it goes to uh, Newdale area-ish, mm -hmm. and from Carberry, even south of Carberry, to north of St. Mm -hmm. Rose. So. It's a large, large area. 8,000 copies plus mm -hmm. go out every week uh, of the paper. So we're happy to bring that to you. Mm -hmm. And um, we've been glad to be with you today because uh, it's always good to put another paper out there. And just want to let people know if you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, contact us uh, by phoning at uh, the Nipawa Banner and Press at 204-476-3401. You can also... Um, Email us at uh, news at nipawabanner.com. That's news at nipawabanner.com. Or you can send us advertising at ads at nipawabanner.com. And we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we'd love to hear the compliments. But if there's issues or problems, either with us or in the community, we want to hear about that as well. And we will certainly try and address them. So mm -hmm. thank you very much for being with us. And um, I'm Ken Waddell, publisher of the Nipawa Banner and Press. I've had Kira Patterson and Kate Jackman Atkinson with me today, and it's been a, our pleasure, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you very much.